Good morning. This is John Murtha coming to you from 89.1 FM radio from Lorain, Ohio. On this beautiful Saturday morning, St. Patrick's Day, and I'm in the uh, studio with our engineer, Wanda Ewing. Good morning, Wanda. Good morning. And my friend and assistant, David Abu. David. Good morning, John. Good morning, Wanda. Good, good to morning. be here. Good so it's good to be here. Good to be back. And, uh, and a great day. You know, when we think about St. Patrick's Day, uh, we remember this man who, you know, was actually British, I believe, that he went to Ireland and incredible revival took place there. And one of the things he did was he confronted uh, the Druids and they were very much, this was a, a group of people and uh, very much involved in the occult and the powers of darkness and in and, and, uh, and the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, Patrick, later to be called St. Patrick, confronted them. And it was actually what we would call a uh, a divine encounter. And he showed that the power of God was greater than the power of the enemy. And we're going to talk a little about that, Dave, today. Uh, spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. yes. uh, believers' position in Christ, and why we can tread upon serpents and scorpions, mm-hmm. which are really metaphors for the demonic. And we're going to get into this whole area, and it's going to be one show, or maybe it's going to be two shows, we don't know. But I would like to encourage anybody that would like to call in, our number here is 440-399-3044. Once again, that's 440-399-3044. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to live stream us, which is uh, often better, especially if you're moving more and more towards Cleveland where our signal isn't as strong, www.wnzn, wnzn.org. And so, uh, yeah, we'll get right into this, David. And of course, when you look at this, uh, the big picture, of course, when you look at creation and the universe and the place we occupy in space and time on this planet, the Bible clearly reveals that this there's more to this world than what we see. Absolutely. There's an un- we're yeah. surrounded by an unseen world. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's inhabited uh, by angels and by the demonic. And the Bible is very clear, even in Genesis, when we see the enemy come in to tempt Eve. And, of course, it all runs through mm-hmm. the Old Testament. We're going to look at it in a minute as well as the New Testament, that there is a real spiritual realm, a world, if you will, out there. And as we move into more and more of a secular world, a naturalistic world, where people believe if you can't see it, it doesn't exist. If I can't measure it or put it in a test tube, it's not real. Uh, but the Bible clearly says there is a invisible world out there. And this is, uh, uh, for our benefit, the angelic realm, uh, we're told that our... Uh, they assist in God's directives, and they assist in the lives of believers, and also called the demonic. We're going to see that try to afflict, uh, uh, try to, to, to bring in lies and false doctrine and all kinds of different things. And so this is a very real situation. And uh, I know, David, you're going to talk a little about, too, as the position of a believer. Yeah. Well, how do we respond? How do we defend? How do we right. resist uh, these kinds of things going on? And so why don't we touch on that, and then I'm going to go back and paint a bigger picture. Uh, like somebody might say, well, why did God ever invent the devil? Why did God, yeah. did you ever hear that question? Why did, <laughs> we're going to look at those kind of questions. Sure. But uh, your thought. Yeah, so, you know, John, I guess to start yeah. off, you know, we do have an enemy. Uh, in 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, be sober, be, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like mm-hmm. a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Uh, and if you look at Timothy 2, 24 through 26, it says the devil is our enemy, not other people. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's a very strong point that I'm sure we can elaborate on mm-hmm. as we go. 
But, you know, for me, um, I asked, to, I asked to, to Pete a few years ago is when you introduced the subject to me, and I never knew I was living in a Marvel Studio movie. Mm-hmm. And, and literally, that's what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, as I first, you know, got wind of what you were saying, John, I thought it was a little bit odd and a little bit uh, out there. Uh-huh. But as you start to take a look at it and, and you realize what happened in the Garden of Eden, um, you know, and Jesus saying you will have troubles in this world, and he was totally focused on the enemy being around us 24-7. And so, you know, before I became a Christian, one of the things that I always was upset about is I would ask, why did God let this happen? Mm-hmm. Why did he let this happen? Mm-hmm. If there's a God, and, and I'm not alone with that. But then I realized after we got into this like three years ago, he gave us armor, mm-hmm. the armor of God, mm-hmm. so that those things wouldn't happen. Here yeah. I am upset cursing him, yeah. but yeah. we're the ones that screwed up in the Garden of Eden, mm. and he gave us the tools to protect ourselves. Yeah. And so for me, um, you know, d- just to jump into that uh, real quick, so the outline of the armor, and then we can get into it, John, mm-hmm. just at a high level. We have uh, the belt of truth, mm-hmm. the best, the breastplate of righteousness, shoes that we put on, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if you want to, you know, we can jump into that uh, in any way you want. Okay. Well, um, first of all, let's go to your one question where people say, "Well, why did God invent or create the devil?" Look, right. If you go to Ezekiel chapter twenty-eight, there's a very interesting word given by the prophet Ezekiel there. Where he says this uh, in in verse 11, I mean Ezekiel 28, uh, verse 12 down through, eh, let's go through uh, 17. But he says this, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, that is the garden of the God. Every precious stone was your covering, sardis, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, turquoise. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you. You were the anointed cherub, in other words, angelic, right? Cherub, yeah. who covers. I establish you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your way from the day you were created until iniquity was found in you. Mm. See? So God created him, yeah. Lucifer, which yeah. means light bearer, which is where we get the word Luke's luscious is light, but iniquity. Uh, he was a free moral agent like human beings are, so he could choose to, to worship and honor God or not. Hmm. And then it says, by the abundance of your training, you become filled with violence within and you sin. Therefore, I cast you out of the, uh, as a profane thing, out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Hmm. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty, pride. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. You corrupted your wisdom, and in sake of your splendor, I cast you to the ground. (laughs) I laid you before the kings that they might gaze at you. So what we're getting here is indications that this this being was high, lifted up, perhaps an archangel, that is to say over angels like Mm -hmm. Michael or or Gabriel, Uh, but iniquity filled his heart. We're going to look at this a little bit. When when even our Lord in, in Luke chapter 10 will say when the d- disciples come back and they've been casting out demons and healing people in the name of Jesus, they come back to the Lord and they say they say something very interesting. They say, um, Lord, Lord, even the demons, it says in verse 17 of Luke 10, 
The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to your name. And Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven. So he's here, yeah. and Jesus sees his fall. Mm -hmm. He falls. So as you start comparing Scripture with Scripture, you start to paint the picture mm -hmm. of when somebody says, well, why did God create the devil? Well, in a sense, he didn't. He created a perfect being, you know, Lucifer, mm -hmm. uh, but iniquity was found in his heart. Mm. Yeah. And so he falls. Now, he still was the anointed chair. He still has power. Mm -hmm. We must never minimize. We're going to look at We must not overemphasize his power mm -hmm. because greater is he that's in you as a child of God than he that's in the world, mm -hmm. the devil. But nevertheless, we're going to kind of work our way into this. And the corresponding to this is Isaiah chapter 14, where very similar uh, background on the enemy is given, and maybe um, whoever would like to read this, but it's in okay. chapter 14. Uh -huh. Wanda, if you uh -huh. would, please. Again, this is another um, uh, prophecy given uh, by the prophet of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit. If you would read chapter 14, starting with 12 okay. and 13, and why don't we go all the way till, um, to 15. Okay. Thanks, Wanda. Okay. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt thy, my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Mm. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. Do you see that? Very yes. similar to Ezekiel. Yeah. So we're painting wow. a picture here hmm. in terms of origin and fall. And again, I think five to six times the pronoun I is used. Mm -hmm. I will ascend. <laughs> I will exalt. I, I. Yeah. What, what, what does he want, though, ultimately? I will what? Be, be like, like the, the most, most high. high. Like what was his temptation yeah. to Eve in the Garden of Eden? You'll Partake of like, the you'll, you'll be like, like God. God. Yeah. You understand Boy. this? Yeah. And we live in a time in a culture yeah. where in terms of man wants to be like God mm -hmm. and make God-like decisions, mm -hmm. whether it's with abortion mm -hmm. or euthanasia mm -hmm. or this or that, and disregard totally for God and exalt man upward. Mm -hmm. So Go on. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, you know, God created us in his image. Mm -hmm. And clearly, when he created uh, Lucifer, uh, he, he, he must have given him freedom of choice in his heart, too. Just exactly like he right. gave Adam and Eve. Yeah. So, Human yeah, yeah. beings and angelic beings yeah. are different than planets or plants right. or animals okay. in the sense that they, they are what they, is known as a free moral agent. Mm -hmm. okay. A squirrel can only do a squirrel thing. Right. They're kind of programmed. Okay. Uh, you know, the moon yeah. and the sun yeah. do right. something. They're yeah. kind of programmed. Yeah. Right. Like robots right. in, 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 right. to a certain degree. But with human beings, one of the ways we're made in the image of God is the idea of power of choice. Okay. And that's why all through the scriptures, yeah. you see this, uh, God sets up these uh, uh, A-B uh, situations, choice situations. I give you the tree of life, I give you the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You eat the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. You eat the tree of life, you live. You understand? Wow. In the Old Testament, it says, I have set before you this day life and death. Yeah. Mm -hmm. choose, choose, choose life, do, he yes. says. Yeah. At the crucifixion, we're going to be celebrating Good Friday and Easter soon. Mm -hmm. How many crosses are next to Jesus? Two. Two. 
Okay, the one mocks, ridicules, denies Jesus. Uh -huh. The other repents, calls him Lord, and says, Lord, remember me. Jesus said, life, life and death. Life yeah. and death. Wow. That's all through the scripture. Wow. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like today. Today is the day of salvation. Yes. 7.5 billion people on this planet have a choice today if they want. Yeah. Do you want to accept God? You got it. And go his way. Uh -huh. Yeah. And live an abundant life and, and go. And the best uh -huh. is yet to come. Exactly. Or do you want to go yeah. your own way? Yeah. And God doesn't intrude in the sense that uh, he's not going to twist our arms. He's going to do everything to woo us to himself because he's not willing that any should perish, but uh -huh. that all might come. But man resists and say, no, I'm, I'm going to be in charge. It's me. It's about me. And, and we're very uh, prideful. Yeah. You see, the, yes. you know, John, I, I think, again, in my situation, it was about getting my attention uh, on the mm. subject because there is, there is no way... When a lot of people are running around uh, every single day, you really have to sit and 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 solitude, uh, just like Christ did all those times. You know, forty days in the desert before he took on his mission. Mm -hmm. When John died, he went away for a day. When he was going to pick his disciples, he was in solitude. I'm telling you, th that's the only way I got this. Mm -hmm. And we were alone together uh, when I first started getting into the Bible up at WEC. And that was the time that I could hear God talking. Mm. But if you're not alone in solitude, you know, that's why I think the biggest prayer I have for people that are unbelievers is I pray that they have the time, that, that God gives them a situation where they can hear the word mm -hmm. and see it. Yeah. Uh, because th there's no way you can easily get this, John. I mean, I even had you by my side and Absolutely. it took me, you know, three years ago to say, I, it was one of those aha moments. Mm -hmm. Sure. So. Mm -hmm. It has this is the first time ever that this word has been divided rightly divided in and given with such clarity mm. and this is what i mean when we talk we always talk about where in the world how did this thing call satan and all this mm. where did this happen it was a power of choice had just like when jesus was tempted mm -hmm. had had eve resisted we would still be right where we were when the Lord created us where we were to be. Certainly. It was a decision. Yeah. Just like Lucifer made a decision, power of choice, that I want to be God. Exactly. And that's where the root, that's where that iniquity set in. Exactly right. It all makes sense. People have come and left this world not understanding that one piece. It's a good point, Wanda. The yeah. simplicity of it all. It yeah. is It is yeah. really, uh, at one level, it is very simple. Yeah. Now, the Bible is complex and it's oh, alive yeah. and it's yeah. nuanced, but, yeah. it, but at one level, it's about an all-holy God. How does he reconcile himself with all sinful man? And it's only through God becoming man and reconciling us through the shed blood. And then not only does he give us salvation, but he gives us, as we're going to talk about this morning, power over that which once blinded us. Yeah. See, it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, if this gospel be hid, it is hid to them whom the God of this age has blinded. Mm. He's called the God of this age. Why? Adam and Eve at the beginning were given keys to the kingdom. Yeah. God says, take care of this. Take care of this. Be fruitful and multiply. Name all of the animals. Naming something indicates a certain type of ownership yeah. or Absolutely. responsibility. Absolutely. If you own yeah. a business, you yes. name it after yourself. You uh -huh. name it too. But what they did in the temptation, they not only disobeyed God and turned their backs on God, but they turned the keys over, so to speak, to the enemy. Mm -hmm. And he became, it became a house invasion. 
Mm. He came in. Yeah. Okay. What yeah. Jesus did is he comes and takes that back. Yeah. And he gives it to us individually, keys. Now you can have authority. You can have power. Go set the prisoners free as you share the gospel. But one day he comes back and everything is put <clears> right. <throat> Satan is kicked out. He's cast in the lake of fire. Even the natural order of things is put, the lion lies down with the lamb and all this. Everything is reestablished. But now we're in this interim phase. We as individuals have now taken back authority in our own lives. And that's what we're going to talk about when we talk about spiritual victory. Absolutely. He's given us power to trample upon serpents and scorpions. Serpents and scorpions are metaphors for the demonic. Yes. And so I'll give you an example. When I lived in Asia for many years as a missionary, a big problem there was believing in spirits, demons. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. have spirit houses. They wear special mm -hmm. things, amulets. They wear mm -hmm. all kinds of things because they live in fear of did they do the right thing, did they make the right offering. When they come to Christ, they're set free. Just like the Israelites, when they're in slavery for 400 years, when they get free <clears> through <throat> the shed blood of the Lamb on the Passover on the door, they're free. They go to the promised land. They have victory. Yes. You see, we have victory. And this is a very powerful thing in that culture. When they that that's very appealing in the gospel that they know they, they don't have to worship the spirits or fear the spirit world anymore. Right, powerful. And it, it, it sure is. But you know, John, it's actually a two-step process. I was talking to my wife about this. You know, Jesus came, and and we now are alive again. Yes. You know, we had dead bones. Yeah. We have the chance for eternal life. But as you become Christians. Do you think the enemy is going to sit back? Marilyn and I were documenting stuff that happened when we first started on our walk. Yeah. You, it's it's a two-part thing. Jesus came to save us, but he also know, mm -hmm. he knew that he left us and we wanted the, he said, you want the Holy Spirit to come down because he knew the nonsense was going to continue down here until we join him. You need this peace if you're going to be able to do this well, you got to know the, the, the armor of God. you got to know you it. You have to know it. You this have is to know why it. when yeah. we pray the Lord's Prayer, Jesus gave us the Our Father, right? Right. We ask for forgiveness. We ask for daily bread. We ask, but we also pray, lead us not into temptation, temptation but deliver us from evil. evil. Right. That is a real prayer. Yeah. And we should daily be praying this for ourselves, for our children, for those that we're responsible for. Lord, <clears throat> Don't take us into this time of testing. Help us not to be exposed to temptation yeah. and deliver us from evil. Yeah. Let right. us walk circumspectly. Mm -hmm. If you know, if, if because we have the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, we can live our daily lives and we can get a check in our Holy Spirit. In a, that don't go that direction. Don't yes. do that. This person, yeah. am I right? Yeah. It's just and then stay stay with believers that can help encourage yeah. us and that, strengthen us, mm -hmm. and then we can walk in victory. Doesn't yeah. mean the enemy's not out there probing and trying to get it in always you brought up a good scripture in peter where he says remember be aware be alert the enemy goes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour well he can't literally devour us in a sense but he can destroy our testimony he can yeah. destroy our our <clears throat> influence our lives as believers he takes us down through our head always our remember mind. this yeah. a roaring lion mm -hmm. you you hear right he's out there you see him right the other metaphor animal that's used of Satan is a serpent. Mm -hmm. A serpent you don't hear. Mm -hmm. He's sneaky. Mm -hmm. He's more subtle. Mm -hmm. So we might see the roaring lion, pornography, alcohol, drugs, all this. Okay, we're not going to get rid of it. But the, the serpent is more deceptive. It could be more yeah. pride, gossip, bitterness. He's more mm -hmm. subtle. Mm -hmm. Both of these can kill you, though. Mm -hmm. you know? exactly. So we're going to look at the whole thing with spiritual yeah. warfare. Yeah. Yeah. It's so powerful. 
Jan, you know, I'd, I'd like to read uh, Ephesians 6, 10 uh -huh. through 17. I think it's a good time to do that. Uh -huh. What is the armor of God? The armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. Mm -hmm and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Yeah. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Mm -hmm. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Yeah, I mean, this is the classic uh, armor. And of course, remember, at this time, Paul was a prisoner uh, and so he, in Rome, and so he might even have a a Roman guard right there with some of this armor on him at this time when he uses this as an analogy, yeah. you know, this armor. But a very important one here is verse 11 that you just read where it says, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand the wiles or the strategy of the devil. Um, here's what the Bible says. It says in the Old Testament, God speaking, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And if we don't take this knowledge of putting on the full armor of God, we leave ourselves exposed, you see, for an arrow, for a dart, for an innuendo, whatever it might be. Because why? God wants us to walk in victory. And I'll give you an example. You see where it says, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the, the strategy or the wiles of the devil? Mm -hmm. All right, turn, if you will, to 2 Corinthians. We'll come back here to Ephesians. But look at 2 Corinthians and look at verse chapter 2 and verse 10 and 12. Whoever has it. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 and 12. Go ahead if you have it, Wanda. Okay. 2, 10 and 12. Mm -hmm. Okay. 10 through 12 or 10 mm -hmm. and 12? Uh, I'll do 10 and 11. Okay. To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything, to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ. Okay lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. You see that? Mm -hmm. We're not ignorant of his strategy. So what is he talking about here, this whole issue of forgiveness? So if we forgive, or if we can receive forgiveness when we're wrong, we've broken the snare, a trap, that Satan wanted out. Why? Because he wants to break relationships. Yeah, absolutely. So if I don't forgive somebody, or if I don't receive forgiveness, I let a root of bitterness get in there. Uh -huh. And what does the enemy come in John chapter 10, verse 10 says? He wants to what? Rob, kill, kill and destroy. destroy. And one of the yeah. main things he wants to destroy is relationships. relationships. Right. Friendship. Absolutely. Absolutely. Spousal. Absolutely. Churches. Mm -hmm. But if we understand strategy, we Absolutely. go, no, 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 I'm not... I, I know that trap. Yes. I'm going the other direction. Because also in forgiveness is freedom and overcoming and power. And it also releases you from one, one level to another, even in, in your relationship. In your relationship yeah. 
with the Lord because you've overcome something that really you felt it, but you made a decision. That's the critical issue. You're right, Wanda. We don't realize that this is spiritual warfare, that this is a trap of the devil, that we walk in unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. And... You know, when we're made in the image of God, there's many, we get into this someday, but one of the ways we're most God-like is when we forgive. Absolutely. Did you ever think about that? It's the only thing our Lord puts an addendum on when he gives us the Lord's Prayer. He tells us you have to forgive, have to forgive. if you want to receive forgiveness. Yeah. And that is so powerful when you've been wronged or hurt to right. extend forgiveness to release not only that person, but yourself Absolutely. from going. It's, it's not yeah. easy. No. It's, but yes. when Jesus is on that cross, you know, we're going to talk about this as we approach Good Friday. When he can look down at the people that tortured him, spit upon him, and says, Father, forgive, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. How do you say that? How do you say that? It, you know, yeah, John, uh, I mentioned earlier that, that in 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26, mm-hmm. the devil is our enemy, not other people, yes. uh, to extend your point. And we are told to be soldiers, but we are also told to be held to conduct that is th- free from bitterness and anger. Right, right. Um, so, a- again, th- there are definitely character traits of holding the armor of God. And, and that's why I'm so glad we're doing the show today. Okay, let's go back then to Ephesians 6, David. Okay. He say, he, here's the thing with the church at Ephesus, this particular letter. The church at Ephesus this time is considered maybe the, one of the most spiritual churches right. in the first century. Mm-hmm. You uh-huh. find no rebuke. In this letter, the Church of the Ephesians here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's high level spirituality. Mm-hmm. He gives them high content and instruction here. That's why he says in verse 10 here of chapter 6, finally, he's done all this other mm-hmm. stuff to encourage and strength. My brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Just like you say, Dave, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a sense, but what are those powers mm-hmm. behind the flesh and blood? Where's this person coming at? that would yell at me or scream or accuse me. You've done nothing wrong. Where's it? Well, I'm not saying he's demon possessed, but I'm just saying this, where this is coming from some kind of a source. Yes. You understand? Yeah. yeah. But he says, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand for. There's where it says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood against. This is this term for the angelic realm, principalities, powers, rulers. Mm-hmm. This is ranking. Yeah. Okay. Just like in the military, when I was in the military, you had, the generals, okay? Yeah. Then you had the colonel. Right. And then you had captains. These yeah. are ranking. Mm-hmm. That's why even our Lord says when they were trying to cast the demon out of that uh, boy that was throwing himself in the fire yeah. in Mark chapter 9, he says this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. In other words, he says this is a more powerful kind. Mm-hmm. The, the demonic of Gadara, this poor man that was living in a cemetery, he had legion. He had many. Legion is a military term for like a hundred or more. You understand? Yes. So there's there's ranking, if you will. There's ranking of the demonic as well as the angelic realm. Mm-hmm. We don't, won't get into that this morning. Yeah. But he says, against powers, rulers in darkness. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. Rulers of darkness of this age uh, against it. Then he says, therefore, because of this, therefore take up the whole armor of God, not part of the armor. Yeah. If you go to play... When you played football, David, if you went on the field and you didn't have a helmet on and yeah. you didn't put on the shoulder pads yeah. that day, you had your spikes on, you're yeah. not putting on the... What would happen to you on kickoff? Oh, yeah. It, it, you know? I would have been on the sidelines yeah. the minute I caught the ball. But even though you put <laughs> yeah. the cleats on and you had... You know, right. Put on the whole armor of God yeah. that you might be able to withstand in the evil day. Yes. And having done all, stand. Uh-huh. And see, to stand means you you hold your ground. You have to ready yourself. you gotta, you yeah. got to hold your ground. Yeah. Otherwise, 
we as believers are getting knocked over yeah. because we don't understand principles. Right. You know, and it's sad because you see testimonies and ministries and uh, things destroyed because we're not taking taking authority over that yeah. which belongs to us. If mm-hmm. you see. Uh, yeah, so one of the things I wanted to just go over, John, is the authority pre and post resurrection. Because when I first saw this, you know, I, when I first got into this, I thought, yeah, you know, Jesus uh, saved us, mm-hmm. but then he left us again, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to kind of, you know, so, so how do we interpret the armor of God? And as you said in verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Well, this is how it works, is what I saw. Correct me if I'm wrong. But Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. Before his resurrection, Jesus exercised authority over the devil by virtue of his life of perfect submission to the Father. After his resurrection, Jesus exercises authority by virtue of his position at the right hand of the good Father. Good point. Right. That's a very so, good point. So for us to follow Jesus as our leader, mm-hmm. and we're putting on their, his armor, mm-hmm. we, we then have to realize that if we have perfect submission to him and just follow the guidelines that he's given us, we then can duplicate the success Jesus had yes. with the Absolutely. devil. Yes. Is that the way to look at well, it? Well, yeah, in that okay. sense that, uh, yeah, go on. That's why it's so, when we hear the word, first of all, faith comes by hearing. We're hearing this word. Mm-hmm. But then that's why it said, have the mind of Christ so that we may make the correct decision as it relates to our lives according to his word so that we walk in the level of success that and the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus did when he walked in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it comes back to us, but we can't make the right decision without the mind of Christ. Yeah. And we can't have the mind of Christ unless we hear his word because faith comes by him. Right. 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 Otherwise it's just armor too. Right. It's just standing there it's on just a dummy. A tool. Yeah. But it, it becomes effective <laughs> right. when yeah. we walk in understanding. That's why yeah. the word said all that getting, get an understanding yeah. so that we can rightly divide. Uh-huh. When we study to show ourselves approved, yeah. it's all making yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. We, what it is yeah. is we're highly resourced people. Yeah. We don't know it sometimes, yeah. but we're very highly resourced people. When you think you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, you have the Word of God, you have fellowship, you have the power. I mean, when, when Jesus says you can cast out demons in my name, well, that's extremely powerful. It says in James, yeah. submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. flee. Yes. <coughs> That's powerful, but you cannot do it unless you're submitted to God. And mm-hmm. that picks up on Wanda's point. Mm-hmm. You are not really submitted to God until you're obeying his word. That's right. And you can't obey his word if you don't know his word. That's right. So if you get things working in proper relations, so to speak, the, the authority uh, structure, you know, yes. where the centurion says, I'm a man under authority. Mm-hmm. I said, and, and, you know, and Jesus says, I have not found such great faith. Well, we're people under authority, mm-hmm. but we're under Christ's authority. If we mm-hmm. stay under his authority, stay in his will, we have authority. We have yeah. authority. And that's why, um, you know, I mean, we, we, it's, it's more powerful than we think. Yeah. Absolutely. It re- really is. We have to exercise, though. Yeah. And, and, go ahead, Wanda. And this is the very spot that the enemy does not want you to get to. Yeah. I mean, this if is... he can continue to distract you and mm-hmm. derail you and create smoke screens and just keep your attention off of lining up with his word, because once you line up with his word and you get understanding, yeah. you are a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. 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 Amen to that. And not only yeah. that, you can set the prisoners free. Yeah. Absolutely. See, yeah. that's what we don't understand sometimes totally is that he's given us power not only for our own salvation and sanctification, but then 
to go set prisoners free. Because yeah. you may share the gospel with one person and lead that person to Christ. That person could be the future Billy Grammers. I'm not saying yeah. everybody's mm -hmm. going to be. But right. I'm just saying you don't know whose lives you're impacting and yeah. touching. Yeah. You know, like I always say, when I was in the military during the Vietnam War, there was one guy in my barracks, looking back, that was a straight-up Christian, a bright light in a dark place, and it wasn't me. But his life impacted yeah. people, to include my life, planted seeds in my heart. Yeah. Three years after my discharge from the Army, mm -hmm. back in the States, mm -hmm. I became a believer. And of course, God put on my heart to go back to that. But he didn't probably know that. Mm -hmm. But he was walking in victory yeah. in that yeah. barracks. Yeah. You know, yeah. we were drinking or doing this. And he was walking and he was a bright light. He shared the gospel where he could. He'd share his testimony. Right. But we don't know when we yeah. walk in victory whose lives we're touching. Absolutely. Right. Because yes. light is contagious. Yeah. And when you walk in the light, it 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 just it just resonates and you have no idea because of the waves. You don't know who it touches. You don't know. But you just walk in the light. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's why I always yeah. say, you know, one lit candle can go into a room full of unlit candles, light every one and come out and they lost none of their light. Yeah. You see, yeah. you lost none of your light. But but again, that light shines farthest, that shines brightest at home. Yeah. So if we cultivate that bright light in our home, yeah. in our real close relationships mm -hmm. with parents, yes. with spouse, with children, that is going to permeate it's out. Gonna it's going to permeate out. You don't know where it's going to end up. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Jen, um, I like one of these visuals I found. I actually I got sidetracked. I was picturing myself with the armor yeah. on, defending against <laughs> yeah, all yeah, these yeah. Yeah, spiritual yeah. realm people yeah. while you were talking. But, um, you know, th this visual I like that I got for my research is this uh, Roman, the Roman legions used, the, it was pre-early modern warfare aids, this wa wa wall of shields that was called Testudo. And if you look at the wall, what they did is they overlapped each other mm -hmm. so that they had full protection. Mm -hmm. And um, basically w what resonated with me on this mm -hmm. is do you want to be in that wall or do you want to be alone with your shield? Mm. Even if you have the weaponry, that's why we need each other. Mm -hmm. That's why we're here today. Absolutely. Because you need that shield wall. Mm -hmm. Even if you have the armor, that's great. You will have to go off into the beaten path on your own at times. But you always do need to come back because there's times where you need that wall and you need other Christians that are strong in their faith. So find a church. Get some people around you. You really need to think about doing that. And if you haven't done it, do it soon because it's so important. Right, Wanda? John? You're exactly right. Here's one of the, you know, you brought up this military, Roman military strategy where they would surround each other and everybody would be, collective and they were strong yeah. um, just like we are the sheep of the flock mm -hmm. and yeah. Jesus is the shepherd so here's the thing sheep were not ferocious you know I mean they're not like lions or, yeah. or wolves or something they were dependent on staying close to the shepherd and staying in unity and mm -hmm. not wandering off right if you wander off you you are susceptible let me show you how that works in a very practical way look at first Corinthians chapter 5 for a moment first Corinthians is going to touch on your point David about being collectively together and not exposing ourselves to danger. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, uh, tells us about a situation going on in the church at Corinth. church at Corinth had a lot of issues. This was one of them. So if you read chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, this sets it up. It is reported commonly that there is a fornication, that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife, 
And ye are puffed up, and have not rather mourned that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. Okay, now here's the situation. There's a guy in their church, a member, and he's he's living with his like his stepmother, okay. you know, uh, uh, sexually living together, immoral, and they're allowing it. So here's what Paul says. Look at verse four. He says, "In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together, that's the church, mm-hmm. along with my spirit, in other words, my authority, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse five, deliver such a one to Satan, Satan mm-hmm. for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit might be served." In the day of Jesus Christ. What he's saying is, put this man outside the church community. Mm-hmm. Let him be exposed mm-hmm. to the enemy. Mm-hmm. You see? Mm-hmm. And, and just like like the worst thing a, ch- a young child can do is yeah. run away from home. Right. They run away from home. What your hope is, things are so hard on the street, it's going to drive them back, back to the home. home. Uh-huh. Same thing with the prodigal in Luke mm-hmm. chapter 15. Oh. So this is not an act of vengeance. on It's actually an act of mercy. Let him out of here. Because when you're in church under pastoral care in a faithful community, there's protection. Mm-hmm. A lot of believers don't know this. We're going to talk on this one day in the future on our program mm-hmm. about the importance of church and being under pastoral care. He's saying, put him out. He's going to be, he's going to, whatever's going to happen to him, he's mm-hmm. being reflected. He's going to be maybe convicted. Mm-hmm. That's why when you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, which we read, uh-huh. he says, bring him back in now, forgive him, because we know the uh, tactics of the devil. Yes. Do you see how that works? Yes. Yeah. So we're going to yeah. talk about, when you talk about putting on the whole armor of God, it's a collective thing, just like this Roman mm-hmm. quadrant you brought mm-hmm. up where they yeah. put shield against shield. Yeah. Yeah. There's protection in the body of Christ. Mm. Yeah. And we're going to talk about this big time because we're living in a day and age in Western culture, Christendom, where Christians are not being part of community. Mm. They're not part of church. They're not committed. And the numbers will show it. And they're not under pastoral care because they're, it's a do-it-yourself. We're very independent people in mm-hmm. our, this Western world we live in. And this is really a, a pernicious trend. It's not a good trend at all. We'll talk no. about that on the whole program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6, David. Um, and um, you're, you're showing these different armament uh, that... that this is incredible what Paul has given us. I mean, this thing has lasted oh, yeah. 2,000 years, this strategy to be victorious. And remember, it's God's intention that we're to be victorious. He right. doesn't want us Christians, you know, limping along and just getting by and not being influential or mm-hmm. powerful. No. Okay. He says, therefore, okay. Now, um, he says, verse 13, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand evil day, having done all stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Truth is the key. Why? Because one of the titles of Satan is what? He's the father of lies. lies. Yeah. That's the deal, okay? Yeah. What's the antidote or the remedy God's for lies? Word. Is truth. Yeah, truth. God's truth. word. Right. We live in a, a world that is darkened with right. lies. Mm-hmm. There is no God. Man does not have a soul. Uh, we're just a higher uh, evolutionary on the, you know, uh, species. Uh, there's no such thing as heaven or hell. Lie, lie, lie. God has given us truth here. And yeah. He's shown us how to walk in truth. Yep. So that's the first thing it starts with is truth. Uh, Jesus says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Mm-hmm. Not in bondage. And then he says, um, uh, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. See, the breastplate guards your heart. Right. See, if yeah. our heart is right with God, you want to protect that. Mm-hmm. You want to really 
be undefiled from this world. You don't want anything to get in there. And that, if you put on that breastplate, you have protection against these temptations. But then it says this, read verse 15. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Okay, the, often the shoes are indicative of uh, being ready to carry the gospel. Right. That's why they'll say in Romans, right. how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those. Oh, that, yeah. And it's really curious, one of the last things Jesus does in the upper room, prior to his death and resurrection, he washes the feet of his apostles. He gets them ready to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. You, you know, John, so 15-2, this is really important. And, uh, you know, I was reading about how to use the armor of God where it said feet shod with preparation of the gospel. I didn't know what that meant. And then um, it said we are to have our mind, as you said, filled with the working knowledge of the Bible so we are ready to fight the good fight of faith. And it's it what that, what that meant to me, too, is there's going to be an offensive time and then a defensive time. So your feet, you know, I always think about being a running back or martial arts. You have your feet shoulder width apart and you're ready. Yeah. And, 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 that, and that's kind of the visual we need to have. You always have to be ready for defensive mm -hmm. action too because oh, you never know when you're going to get hit. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're exactly yeah. right. I mean, it says, uh, verse 16, Above all, take the shield of faith with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now here, here's the deal. These fiery darts are coming. Oh, you yeah. know, it's not, oh, yeah. it, it could be an insult, it could be an accusation, it could be, um, who knows, it could be a temptation. But if you have the shield of faith, hey, wait a minute, I'm a child of God. Hey, wait a minute, God is for me, great is mm. he that's for me. You have that, if we let down the shield, we're exposing ourselves. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's. And let me give you a little strategy the enemy uses. Mm -hmm. He's got two titles. One He's called the accuser of the brethren, yeah. okay? Before that, he's called the tempter. Uh -huh. So Satan will set out yeah. traps to tempt us, okay? Mm -hmm. Once we fall, he takes off the hat of a tempter, and he puts on the hat of the accuser. Yeah. You call yourself a Christian? Mm -hmm. You think God could forgive mm -hmm. you? You think he could use you? Mm -hmm. He forgets that God says, not don't forgive seven times, but forgive 70 times, 70 yeah. His mercies are new every morning, but the enemy doesn't want you to know that. No. So do you see, understand yes. he's the tempter yes. and he's the accuser. Yeah. And, and John, the shield of faith, God's word supplies us with, with an answer for every yes, attack. Yes, right, right, right. Man, that right. really has to sink in yeah. for Constant. every attack. You're exactly right, because we live in a world, this world is not pro-God. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, I'm talking about the spiritual world. It says in, in John that the whole world lieth in darkness. It's, it's, it's not, this is a fallen world. You see what I'm saying? It's, mm -hmm. it's a spiritual gravity here that will pull us naturally down. Because mm -hmm. we have the Holy Spirit, we can naturally rise above that. Mm -hmm. You see? Mm -hmm. That's why in salmon, they can swim upstream yeah. because of their strength and yeah. because they have a goal. They're going mm -hmm. upstream. Mm -hmm. But any dead fish can float downstream. Mm -hmm. If we're spiritually dead, we just go with the flow of culture. We just go with the flow. Do you understand what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. And Okay, good. I think we have a call on uh, the line here. Hello, caller. Hello. WNCN. Great. Good morning. How are you? I'm blessed. I'm blessed enjoying you guys' conversation, and uh, it's kind of burning inside of me. Um, I don't know what I'm going to share with you guys on top of that topic. Thank you. Proverbs, chapter, chapter 30, verse 7, 8, and 9, that I've been making my, making that my prayer. Uh-hu
I'm driving now, so I can't read it right now, but uh, think about him saying that don't deny any of this for me mm. before I die. He said, I don't want to, I don't want riches and I don't want to be poor or rich. Just feed me what I need mm -hmm. so I can focus on you. Amen. Very good. And I know that this world, like, like what you're talking about with, with the enemy, um, I had a brother, a brother quoted one time, he says that if, if Satan can't, can't um, make you sin, he'll, he'll make you busy. That's a good point. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of that. If he can't make you fall or anything or sin, he'll make you busy. And we got a lot of that going on. Sports and work and iPhones and agendas and stuff. But again, we start focusing on that, making Proverbs 30, 7, 8, and 9 our prayer. Mm -hmm. And say, God, just give us what we need to live, to, to be, be walking, be moving, so I can focus on you only. Yeah. Not worrying about riches, not worrying about poor. If I'm rich, I don't need you. Who are you? Yeah. If I'm poor, then I'm, 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 I'm putting your name in pain because I'm going through all this. So just give me what I need so I can get it's a very good point. Thank you for calling. Wanda, would you read that scripture? Sure, we're going Thank to read you. that scripture, okay? Oh, I think you hung up. But Proverbs 30, uh, verses 7, 8, and 9, two things I have required of thee. Deny me them not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee, and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Okay, thank you. Yes. Uh, thank you, caller. Thank uh, you, if caller. you're listening, yes, thank you very much. Point. You bring up a very good point of distraction uh -huh. because the world is very distracting. You know, Absolutely. I mean, somebody as well said that inside every 80-year-old, there's an 8-year-old that says, hey, what just happened? <laughs> Life goes by, and we don't even think about it. Jesus gives the famous parable of the man who had a really good year productively. He tore down the one barn, he put up another, he had to tear that down, and he finally says, take ease, my soul. In other words, he was distracted by all this wealth. And, and, the, and the Bible says, God says, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required thee. He didn't do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just his priorities. He was so distracted mm -hmm. yeah. with what he had and his wealth. Yeah. He didn't think about God. Right. And God says, thou mm -hmm. fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Mm -hmm. And it's to our caller's point. He brings yes. up a very good point that we live in a world of distractions. Absolutely. And part of this is just the fallen world. And part of it can actually be uh, demon-inspired when, when the things that attract us are, 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 are against God. Yes. The lust of the flesh and the... And, 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 and alcohol and, and, and this whole epidemic we're seeing with drugs, et cetera, et cetera. But it could be simply wealth, you know, where we, we yeah. gain our own riches. Right. Yeah. And Jesus says, what, well, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world yeah. and loses his soul? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That was so powerful because the distraction is a tactic of the enemy. Because when, when you're focused and you're dead, zoomed in on the word of God and zoomed in on receiving a word from him, you're hearing, you, you can hear revelation. You can, you, and with that, you grow. And he does not want that. He, as long as we can remain frustrated and distracted and in conflict and not walking in peace, not walking in love, we can't really fully fulfill our purpose. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
we live in a noisy world. Noise. Yeah. We yeah. live in a noisy Absolutely. world. You know, and yeah. a lot of that stuff is not quote unquote bad in itself, but when it consumes us, we. we Every time you make a choice, you're, you're making a choice not to do something. You know, Absolutely. every yeah. choice has positive and negative, yes. upside and downside. Yeah. And so this is a, this is an issue. I mean, I'm sure we're going to get more into spiritual warfare in the weeks to come. But That's David, you wanted to share. Yeah, you know, I think the thing that really struck me uh, with that caller too is the fact that again, I go back to two Timothy, the verse that we're not fighting against each other. Mm-hmm. We're vi- we're fighting against the enemy. Mm-hmm. And when I take a look at that, it's a challenge because as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. as a as a father of a family that mm-hmm. has kids and mm-hmm. you know sports and they're out there interacting with other families, not only do you get competitive, but you get very protective mm-hmm. against other people. Mm-hmm. And so th- this is one of the hardest things for me to get mm-hmm. uh, in my head. Um, and it's very hard to navigate because I'm not living alone in the forest. I've got a family, I've got a business, I've got people that I'm going against per se, whether it's competition, uh, to keep the company alive and to deal with public firms, whatever it is, there's always an excuse for that. Uh, and that's why you gotta pray f- uh, through it. Um, I wanted to read something here about how to acquire our Christian armor. God does not close Christians with strength and power without earnest effort on their part and without their making just such efforts and doing just what he commands. The spiritual or inner man becomes strong only by experience. God has thus prepared and furnished armor to be used by the Christian soldier. It is composed of weapons, both offense and defensive those which would ward off the blows of the enemy and with which they are to strike offensive blows to conquer that same enemy. So, you know, for us, or for me, it's work. What God is saying is he's going to give us this armor and fully activate it, but we have to work and we have to follow the way Jesus lived. Yeah, right, exactly. You know, you go back to Ephesians. We're going to wrap this up in a minute. And I Yeah, um, Ephesians 6 again? Yeah, Ephesians 6. <clears throat> where we looked at the sh- your feet are shot with the God's preparation of the gospel, we are meant to take and take this good news to others. I mean, it's just what it yeah. is. It, verse 16 says, Above all, take the shield of faith with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And again, it could come in terms of insults, accusations. Mm-hmm. It can come in all sorts of things. But these fiery darts come. And the thing about a fiery dart is they burn. And so if you let that get into your heart, why did he say that about me? Why was I insult? What that can burn and that can form a root of bitterness. Yeah. You see, that's a trick of the enemy. Yeah. But if we have the shield of faith up, we can knock it down and say, okay, this person said that about me, but this is what God's word said about mm-hmm. me. This is what that, but this is what that. You see what I'm saying? All of a sudden, you're, you're, you're and so many people are wounded by words. You know, the old adage, the poem when we were growing up. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, names can't hurt you. <laughs> Am right. I right? Heck yeah. Unless Heck yeah. we could put up the shield and, and realize they could still hurt, but they must not be a fiery dart that's going to get in and burn. Yeah. That's where you're thinking of a hurt a year later. But, but John, isn't this a lot easier to comprehend and to follow Christ when we realize what God is telling us, we're not fighting against each other. Right. Right. We're fighting against the enemy. So then when the other person acts in a way that the enemy is in control of, you then realize, you take your eyes off that individual, I'm just picturing this as I got my armor on, and realize the enemy's over their shoulder. Isn't, isn't that the way to, I mean, because that's what it's all about. 
or it's going to be it's going to be hard to get through that otherwise. Yeah, I think it comes back. We're going to sum up in a minute, but that we live in a spiritual. We live in a physical world, space-time continuum here on this planet, but it's interpenetrated and influenced by a spiritual world, yeah. that both good, angelic, and as well as demonic. But what Jesus has given to us in terms of equipment is so much. Yeah. Uh, we must never presume upon our position. You know, we want to stay submitted to God. But he'll finally say, then take the helmet of salvation. See, the helmet protects the head. And protects the mind. This whole thing going on in football today, yeah, with the with the concussions. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Even that that helmet on. Yeah. But th th these poor brain injuries. These mm -hmm. guys. Well, think of that in a spiritual sense. Our mind. We're told to renew our mind. Uh, that the the real battleground is the mind. Okay. Yes. Because again, if we can renew our mind, if we can think upon these things, that which is pure and noble and truthful, in Philippians it talks about, we can actually change and protect our mind but if we allow things to get into our mind right uh we're going to have uh dr sang on in a couple weeks the psychiatrist yeah. christian and he's going to talk about people that go into pornography or drugs these actually form uh pathways in the in the nervous system in the brain wiring that lead to bondage and addiction yes. he's going to talk to it from a psychiatric wow. point of That's view right but the idea of this the helmet of salvation will close on this mm -hmm. and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. That There's talking about an offensive weapon. Yeah. You're going to take, and we're going to talk more about this sword, but always remember a sword has a point and it has two edges, mm -hmm. one side and the other side. Yeah. I want you to think of the point of the spear as the deity of Jesus Christ. Right. If you're confronted with cult or false religion, you poke the, spear, the sword in a little bit, what do they think about Jesus? And if, if they don't pass the test that he's God come in the flesh, then you, you can penetrate a little bit. You find out. You see what I'm saying? But a sword has two sides. To me, that's the Old Testament and the New Testament. But they all come to a point in the person of Jesus Christ. Yes. And in future radio programs, we're going to learn how do we use the sword. And we can use the sword of defense, and we can also use it as a surgical instrument yeah. to help get at things right. uh, in our own lives and use the God of God to exercise it, to, to, to get things out of us. Because yeah. it says in Hebrews chapter 4, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, yes. cutting to the discernment, even to the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Mm. So as we read the word of God, the word of God is reading us. It's convicting us. It's encouraging yeah. us. It's Amen. enlightening us. Yes. Uh, and again, uh, again, we don't have much time, but I just wanted to share, and I was hoping we'd close on that hymn about power and the blood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that uh, we're going to pick up on this topic, I think, in the weeks to come, yes. Lord willing. Because I think it's such an important oh, topic. Oh, we should, yeah. Yes. And one of the things it says, uh, before we close, is that in Revelation chapter 12, it says, Believers overcame the enemy, Satan, by the word of their testimony and the blood of the Lamb. Yes. There's power in your testimony. Yes. You are the world's expert on what happened to you. Yeah. And nobody can take that from you. <laughs> That's they true. can ridicule yes. it. They yeah. can deny it. It doesn't matter. But like the blind man, you can say, I can say, once I was blind, but yes. now I see. That doesn't matter what the enemy says. Absolutely. And the other thing is the blood of the lamb. And that's what we're going to yes. close out. And so again, thank you, Wanda. Yes. Thank you, David. Yes. This Thanks, is 89.1 FM Radio on St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Uh, God bless you all. And looking forward to another show next week, Lord willing. And we're going to close with an old country favorite. Uh, there's power in the bluff. Thank, thank you. you.